this is uh, dangerous territory here, but do you ever, <laughs> did you ever have a job that you just really hated? Well, yeah, but they're mostly my, um, I have been fortunate that I've liked a lot of my adult jobs. Uh-huh. Is that, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, sure. Uh, but I had a lot of early on jobs that I just hated. I was the Chuck E. Cheese mouse. You were? You yeah. were the Chuck E. Cheese mouse? <laughs> Every time we get a new one. What? She has never said that. No. Why would you? Because why would you not? You told us the donut story, but you didn't tell us the Chuck E. Cheese mouse story. Sunday, the people want the Chuck E. Cheese mouse. <laughs> That's so awful. I'm, my mind is yeah. blown right now. I'm offended. I, 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 you know, I, I, and now everybody really, like hates Chuck E. Cheese. So it's like, you have the summer before my year off to college. I got a job. I was basically two things, a birthday party host. <laughs> You know, and then What's I was a birthday. Pa- oh, oh like, you mean as the Chuck E. Cheese mouse? You no, were, no, no, no. Two separate things. When you are not the Chuck E. Cheese and you're just like, hey, guys, follow me. We're going to do this now. Now it's time for your cake. Now it's time for your like, I was like, wait, that was in charge job? of a birthday party. <laughs> you know how some cultures have like lamenters for hire, like people who grieve I'm at so the sorry. funeral for hire. Like, <laughs> yes. wait, really? Is there a version of that on the happy side? <laughs> Sunday could be the one who like. <laughs> comes and brings all the like positive vibes yeah, to your I party. I just made them have fun for an hour and okay. a half. And then I would alter, put the little Chuck E. Cheese mouse costume on, which if you think about it, ugh, what's inside there? Do you sweat a lot of these? Yes. And then, but I was too young to care. I don't know. I was just like, and I just would love all the hand movements, things and people would pull my tail and I'd be like, back off. <laughs> you know, spot a few kids. I just walked around. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna be really quiet because I wanted this to keep going. <laughs> what else did I do? As the that is amazing. So, yeah. Now I feel like Jacqueline. Our examples are gonna sound way too. Just blurted that. Totally. Now I don't even know what. But to it was add. awful. But it was an awful job. Yeah. You know, yeah. pay was bad. Oh sure. Yeah. It was fifty minutes from my house. Fifty. I drove fifty minutes from the house to be. Joe, can we get that as a quote for this episode? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I drove 50 minutes to be a mouse. There was cool. a really cute boy that worked cool, there cool, cool. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. yeah, I had a really similar one. Mm-hmm. It was. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. What was bad about this? It sounded fun. Like you were willing to drive 50 minutes to be a mouse. You had fun waving your hands. I did. What's, What's the, the problem here? My question is. The costume probably was the uh, worst part. Stinky. And the kids were bratty. Yeah. Pulling at my dick. <laughs> okay. Jacqueline, do you have anything serious? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I we are a thought leadership <laughs> podcast. <laughs> my following is starting to doubt me. <laughs> okay, but my question is: Okay, you just said there's a cute boy who worked there. What were the other jobs? Like, you know, like people. The <laughs> oh, oh, salad oh. Bar. <laughs> like I think I'm feeling the other characters. <laughs> like, I'm like, are there other? Because I can't remember. I mean, the I remember- badger. He was. Uh... Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um totally what i expected yeah all right I, I, you dial never, that question back of when i say something i really i feel like i've told you everything i feel like you're like you're bored shitless with me something definitely like, not oops bored not the explicit and, podcast. Uh, <laughs> you're bored to death by me yeah and uh i, I just started sort of, with the e on this <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway keep going you're turned enough about me you okay. are fired Actually, she spins off a podcast off of Chuck E. Cheese and gets this huge following. Like that—that that launches her new career. 
Right. Okay. Did you have oh one, Jacqueline? Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean, you don't have to have one, but well, it's funny. I think I more just have like funny, like like bad experience stories yeah. from oh, jobs that yeah. I've had. Like, yeah. I think I would not categorize any of the jobs I've had as jobs I like hated. Yeah. But this one story that comes to mind and is. <laughs> not similar to the Chucky Cheese. Are we gonna? But funny in that, like, I worked at a um, like a very high end jewelry store when I was in college, like a jewelry store that makes like diamonds and like watches and things. But I would like wrap the gifts at okay. Christmas, so I would do all the wrapping, and then I would like. Like, they would, like, offer people, like, something to drink when they came in while they're shopping for their diamonds, right? So I was just, like, the assistant. And I would, like, wipe the glass counters, basically, is what I did. I'm really hoping this is leading to either a heist or Jacqueline's like, steals things. Right, right. Because <laughs> I say something about the movies I like. Okay. So at yes. the time, some, like, if you're a woman enlisting, you might remember like Pandora bracelets. Yes. They were such a thing for a yeah. while, right? Yeah. And so we happened to have like a selection of Pandora beads. And I will never forget this woman calls, I think it might have been either New Year's Eve or like the day before New Year's Eve. So very close to Christmas. And she is like, I, <laughs> she's like, I have been looking high and low for this one Pandora bead all over Richmond. No one in Richmond has this bead do you have it? And it was busy. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, let me go double check. And I go and look and I'm like, oh yeah, we've got like four in stock of this bead. I'm like, yeah, yeah, lady, like, come on in. I've got your name on it. I mean, I said, but I'm just like, this lady's crazy with this stupid bead. Like, who cares? I have this weird, like, sinking feeling. And I go back to the case and I realize I have looked at the wrong bead. And I've told this woman, but like, you have to understand, I was like 19, right? I was in college. Terrifying, yeah. I was terrified. I was like sweating. Mm -hmm. I was like, this woman is going to drive all the way here and she's not going to get the bead. Do y'all want to know what I did? I told my boss and my boss- You quit your job before you had to talk to her. (laughs) My boss was, he was a really interesting guy. And I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, I literally, I don't know what to do. I didn't get her phone number. I have no idea who she is. Like, I did all the wrong things in retail, right? (laughs) He sent me across the street to the other jeweler in the mall to buy a bead from them, (laughs) put it back in our inventory, and resell it to her. That is what happened. <laughs> did not, not see that coming. The weirdest right. thing ever. And I don't even know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that's like Don't legal. know what to make of it. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. It's like, but it was probably one of the weird all over a Pandora bead. And the woman was so happy. She picked it up. She was like, I forget. I think she was gifting it to somebody, of course. And I will just never. Or at least it that's was what she was saying. <laughs> yeah. It was really for her. That is it so was random. Isn't that but the weirdest? I really relate. Like, yeah, a bunch of. Like early, you know, early job experiences like that. Where, like weird. Mm-hmm. So weird. Like I literally went to another jewelry store to make a purchase on behalf of our company and then sold her there. It was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Isn't that funny? No, you're taking me back. Oh my gosh. So many funny. things like that. I have a. You I'm, also tried to find a Pandora bead. Yeah. Well, I was part of her <laughs> I network. know that story was, was riveting, guys. No, so. I know the woman who came in. We had a Pandora bead heist plan in motion that you actually foiled Jacqueline that was the 
I'm, I'm remembering, um, I even had a job early on, maybe my first ever job, corn detasseling. So sometimes I'll say this and people are like, what is that? Like if you live in the Midwest, you know yeah. what this is about. There were cornfields everywhere mm-hmm. and the machines could like cut the corn down or whatever. But first humans had to go through the field and pull the top part out, which was like the part that would pollinate the other plants and they're trying to control it all. So they had these like picture a big, (laughs) I don't know, um, farming equipment, like truck thing with these baskets, one in each row of the corn. And they would put a kid in each basket. I swear this was child labor. (laughs) And we would like sixth grade or something. I would go like 5am. A bus would take us out to this field kid in each basket and you're like roaring through the fields down the, and you have to pull them out, but you're always behind. You can never keep up fast enough. <laughs> it was like a nightmare. And the, you know, the boss is just sitting back there judging like how many times you miss. This was sixth grade. Wow. This was like child labor. <laughs> and so if you, I have a weird, um, well, you know, as a career coach, I'm like some of those, all the things we're t- saying were like actually formative and they gave you some character and they gave you some grit and they actually, you learned a lot of good <laughs> lessons for career in those mm-hmm. terrible early jobs or even just like mowing, babysitting, whatever. Yep. Also just great stories for your life. Yeah. Totally. And so if you yeah. look up my LinkedIn, I actually have in my job history, I list all of those at the bottom, like all the little weird odd jobs and early on jobs I had, which is totally breaking the rules for what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Like what we teach people to do on their LinkedIn but I just kind of feel like, no, those were important. And no. I learned a lot from those. <laughs> I just hope at the same time, I hope no one ever reads that far down. Now they all are. Because it's a little embarrassing. They're going back Wait, to but it. But Sunday, do you have the Chuggy Cheese Mouse no, on never. your LinkedIn? I don't think on I ever LinkedIn. put it on a single resume. Steve, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling kind of self-conscious about my story after hearing Sundays. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like just yours like, is the best. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Well, thank you. I don't think I ever would have ever told you. That is so funny. It does make me wonder what else you haven't told us. You know. (laughs) Next episode, all the secrets revealed. Coming out. Because Sunday's had some interesting jobs. Yeah, Sunday. And you have lots of stories. I need a vote from our listeners. You need Mm to DM us on Instagram, Greenhouse Coaching, if you want this on the podcast or not. We're thinking about doing a segment where we interview people with like, interesting unique odd jobs or careers like how did you get there like tell us what a day in the life is like yeah so we've talked about someone who is one of the only like people in the world who sells horses to like the kentucky derby mm-hmm. racers mm-hmm. um your friend who's like the poet laureate of the united states let's be clear it's my sister-in-law <laughs> yeah like it didn't even i didn't even okay, know what a poet laureate i know fascinating <laughs> job also let's just talk about that the fact that the two people you mentioned are also married, married. to each other <laughs> they both have the ma- yeah <laughs> it's all a conspiracy oh i thought you were about to say i did <laughs> <laughs> so tell us if you a are dying to hear this segment mm-hmm. on the podcast yeah. or B, if you think this you is have a terrible story. idea and please do not do it. I thought he was going to ask your listeners for a vote on how many people would like a whole podcast and all the interesting secrets of my life. Wait, I actually, I oh, actually kind of thought that was the direction life. you were going into. No, no, no we don't an, care enough. All right. So I had one kind of like you, Jacqueline, though, where the job was more of a whatever normal job. I was basically like a project manager, mm-hmm. but then they'd send us to this supplier site that was like, um, I don't know, six hours away. So me and my coworker friend pretty much every other week had to go down there. We were kind of um, newly married, like 
there and your was a lot. Me, yeah, me and the coworker. <laughs> so put a lot of stress on us being in the car that much. We're still figuring out our core values, you know? Right. We were both separately newly married. Mm. So it was just like a weird season of life to have to go travel a lot for work. And every time we went, our boss wouldn't tell us how long we're going to be away. And sometimes so it would weird. be weeks on end. But like, so weird. But our spouses thought we were coming like home in a couple of days. And yeah. it was like... Nope. Um, two more days. Talk oh, about three more days. Uh, four more days. Like that. That's an instant argument. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You also, said... how did you do laundry? Oh, good question. <laughs> but sorry. So we're basically mm. down there for these stretches of time, and we're hanging out with the the employees of this other company um, all day long, and we started to feel really bad because our boss. This was a job I hated. Our boss was a uh, terrible boss. And basically would just like bark orders at us, but we were used to that, but would also bark orders at the supplier company employees. Mm -hmm. We were not cool with that. We were like, no, no, no. We have to be with them all day. Like you do not make Don't. them feel like crap. So um, we would try to devise and fight back and it was really hard. This person, this boss was like very manipulative. So one day we devised a plan. We're like, all right, we're in this little, like almost manufacturing kind of town. There's no restaurants, no anything. And so every morning we'd go to Starbucks and every night we'd eat at Applebee's. And we do that over and over and over. So we tried everything on the menu at both places. And we were like, what if? Like we have a stipend. It's tiny, but the company gives us like a, you know, something ridiculous, like $20 a day stipend for mm -hmm. eating. Right. <laughs> so we're like, Today, we're going to spend all of our stipend at Starbucks and we're going to buy everything we can and bring it to the employees at the supplier company and just shower them with gifts and like goodies in the morning. So we pull up to the Starbucks drive through and they're like, what can you what do you want? Welcome to Starbucks. And we're like, what do you have in your pastry case? And they go, well, we have like some croissants and some egg bites and some blah, blah. And we're like, OK, yeah, we'll take those. And they're like, which ones? We're like. All of them. Mm -hmm. And they're like, say that again? We're like, no, no, no. All of the things you listed. And they're like, so one of each? And we're like, no, no, no. Everything oh. in the case. So we bought everything in the Starbucks case that morning and just bought out all of what they had and brought all these boxes of stuff to the supplier company. And we're like, treats on us. And people yeah. are like, yeah, croissants. <laughs> and croissants. Um, Meanwhile, everyone at the Starbucks standing behind you hated you. Yeah. Because and it was one of those moments that felt <laughs> so much better. You know how like a joke sometimes is funnier at work because oh, you're at work? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like oh, it felt so like the, the, you know, crowning moment of this movie mm -hmm. because we all hated the environment yeah. going on yeah. at work right. so much. This was like moment. endless croissants was heaven. <laughs> it was heaven. I loved that. Love it. Mm. Well, one of the things we're adding this year, I'm excited about the kind of member shout out and highlighting something that's happening in coaching with people. Mm. Cause we get to hear people's stories and wins all the mm -hmm. time, mm. but you all don't. And so we want to, and you all do not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you. Uh, well, today That's one I, of the things we're looking forward to this year. <laughs> uh, I wanted to share today about Pat because uh, he's been in the greenhouse community doing coaching, working on some kind of vision and plans for his life and career. I really love when people are looking at both together. So that's exciting to me. And he um, had some big wins kind of toward the last half of last year, mm. creating a game plan for his next steps. And he really made some 
I think bold decisions about mm. like, these are some life goals that me and my family have and have talked about for a long time. Mm. And so I'm going to try some new things in my work to make it happen. And um, so going into this new year, he's starting to kind of execute on that plan. And I just think it was cool because he he said, I'm just not good at this whole like visioning thing. Not because I don't know what I want. I actually know what I want, but I need someone to keep me on the hook because I'm too practical that I always talk myself out of it. On the hook. Like That's actually the first thing he said in the coaching experience was like, I just know that I'm going to talk myself out of it because it's not practical. And I always want to save the maximum amount of money I can save. And like, Mm -hmm. this plan is actually going to deviate from my income for a while. (laughs) And like, uh, I just need someone to tell me like, no, do it. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was really cool. Shout out to Pat. All right. We also said on the first episode of the year that we are going to try some new things this year. And basically every month we're going to have a topic and then each episode that month, we're kind of answering a specific question about that topic. So this month's all about how to find a career you love um, or how to kind of make your career something more enjoyable. And so that's today's question. Like, does it matter if I enjoy my career? Mm. And mm. if so, like, you know, how do you navigate that? So that's today's question. What's throwing me off is I was listening to someone else's podcast coming into the <laughs> studio today. That yeah. You know, sometimes the stars align Mm. and Mm. out of nowhere, they start talking about how trying to aim for a career you love is like a bad thing to be aiming for. And I'm headed into the studio to talk about about why I think it's a good thing to aim for. I'm like, no. (laughs) And because they had some really good points. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, man, questioning myself. Hmm. Um, I think I've heard that podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but I do think that's maybe why this question comes up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking about it because it comes up a lot. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's um, an interesting one. I don't have um, a yes or no answer, but mm-hmm. I have some thoughts to share and um, a practical step to take that we'll share at the end. So let me just dive in with um, some interesting stats that uh, there's still, I think, a lot more research to come out of like post-pandemic workplace mm-hmm. and career type studies. Mm-hmm. But Gallup, who's always on top of it, came out already with an updated 79% of employees report that they're disengaged at work. Wait, let's just pause there for a second. 79%. 79%. That's I not thought, like 20%. Well, 79. It's huge. And I actually think isn't it interesting how like <clears throat> almost like um, the news and media, like negative stuff catches our attention more than positive stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I flipped it and I thought what was more shocking was that only only 21 20, percent yeah. feel engaged. Yeah. Somehow to me, that was more like, oh, yeah. And um, I think it mm. had been trending downward anyway. I am wondering and very curious if some of the of some of the increase is not because people are less happy yeah but because our perspective on work has shifted more and we're rethinking things Mm -hmm. um because what we see is a lot of people going like wait maybe i always just like said i was fine but maybe i want something different or maybe i'm thinking about changes so 79 percent. i just think that's uh crazy and then from some of our own research it still looks like somewhere around 85 percent of college grads they still have no box on the org chart like they still don't know their career path. Mm. And I, That's a high I think it's too. actually higher, but 
I think that's a cons- that's more of a conservative number. Mm. So many people just don't know their career path, which is why um, often they come to us for help and some guidance in that. And so I don't know. I think that maybe those stats just validate the question of yeah. should I enjoy my work? Yeah. Is is that the goal to aim for? If so, like how do I get there? Um, and I would start, I approach this question almost like a coaching session that I think if you're asking that question, um, does it matter if I enjoy my career to, I think the question to me is, where's that coming from? Mm -hmm. Like, where is that pondering or that question coming from for you? It feels like if the individual is asking, does it matter if I enjoy my career? I almost feel like they're saying it matters that I enjoy my career career, because I think so. I think more often than that, to that's that probably, individual, to that individual, to that not individual, to the world. That's why that you're individual. asking. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Hmm. I also think, um, okay, maybe my uh, goal this year around fixing my back pain is, has me mm-hmm. thinking about it. I was like, it's kind of like back pain mm-hmm. where if you're having the pain and it's um, like a chronic thing, it's the question is like, it might be a sign of a misalignment going on. Mm. something's misaligned something's off and the pain is like a symptom of that Mm. or take any analogy like that you want like i think that is the same thing here if you're asking about career enjoyment and career fulfillment maybe that's a sign that there's something misaligned and Mm. there's something to kind of take a closer look at Mm -hmm. so you talked about it with the core values Mm -hmm. um question Mm. A lot of times, typically, this question is because, to your point, Sunday, you do want to enjoy work, but you're just stuck and don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And so it it, re- it turns into a frustration that comes out in a question like, mm-hmm. yeah. do you even, does it even matter? Should we even enjoy work? Like, yeah. is that even, like, doable? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember um, points in my career where I felt that. Like, mm. I hated the question where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. And actually deep down, I loved the question. <laughs> I hated it because I was so frustrated that I didn't know how to figure it out. I think the reason people also hate that question is we don't know what the expectations totally. of that question being asked are. Totally. So it's hard to really ask, uh, answer it honestly. Yeah. yeah. And it feels so big and unattainable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just want to show up and yeah. like, have a good day. Why are you asking me this? I remember I was, I was asked, Sorry, I was asked in an interview one time where I saw myself in five years, and Mm. I was totally unprepared for that question. (laughs) I don't even know what I said, but I just remember in that moment feeling that that angst of what you're saying, Sunday, of like, what is the expectation for me here? Like, I'm interviewing for a job. I mean, like, hopefully... You know, if I get this job, I would like to, to be, be here in five years. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't yeah. see myself making a change, but what if I do? You know, it's I, yeah. like, what are you looking for from yeah. me by asking that? But And interesting, because yeah. that's probably why we tend to see a lot of people who are like a few, several years into their career hmm. or like way into their career. Yeah. It's not actually the typical thing for people kind of right at the beginning of their career or like graduating hmm. college. That's not when they're coming to someone like us Mm -hmm. it's more after they've had some experience and been like okay Mm -hmm. i just like i got into like doing some work and now i'm starting to Mm -hmm. think about my expectations for it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Uh, if you're at all like me i think it's also the question can come from the waiting the like i just keep waiting for something to change and it never is Mm. and so again like the questions come out of that frustration 
Hmm. Um, I think I just, um, I had many years of kind of like waiting for lightning to strike, like yeah, the clarity so to just yeah. come out mm-hmm. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and it didn't. Right. <laughs> and so I would get mad when I heard someone speak on the stage and they'd be like, and then I realized my purpose in life. And I was like, well, how do I get that? <laughs> like, yeah. How did you, how did that happen? Like, is that supposed to happen for all of us? So sometimes people are, um, I'm thinking about our our new member survey and people always write in like what, why they came to Greenhouse mm-hmm. and what they're looking for in a coaching experience. Mm-hmm. And there's always that thread of like, I don't know, I'm just kind of fed up with like not knowing what mm-hmm. um, what I want to do and where mm-hmm. I'm headed. Mm-hmm. That kind of frustration. Mm-hmm. I had this, this random spinoff thought too around this is because we have so many people. I mean, mm-hmm. the world is just filled with so many different mm-hmm. motivations, socioeconomic thing. I mean, there's so many... Just trying to bring it down to another place too. Mm-hmm. I and my sister would not mind that I'm talking about her. Okay, my sister is, uh, you know, her job is not the most exciting job to many people, but my sister, it's about her mindset. Mm. And so, while the job isn't always the most interesting, whatever she does, she makes it fun and a, a job she loves because her mindset always decides Mm -hmm. to do that that is by the way fascinating to me yeah just you know like so sometimes it's we can't always control having we can actually we have a lot more control than we realize do we i mean or we haven't taken that control and but your point is some people have more privilege and opportunity than others and that's but i love that but just even just it was it's not quite connected to what you say but it was but i thought i'd share it anyway (laughs) yeah i think it's It's just so beautiful to me that she's able to shift her mindset and find joy in every single job that she's had yeah yeah i mean i had that in mind while steve you were sharing because yeah i mean i think that's why people ask this because it does feel like there's like two extremes, right? And we kind of talked about this on the last episode a little bit too of like, yeah, does it does it matter if I enjoy my job? Because some people do work to live. And like at the end of the day, it's like, nope, I just, I'm just trying to provide, you know, for my family or I'm trying to provide yeah. for my extended family. And it looks different for them. So then like, what does this question apply like i don't know i guess i i'm curious about that mm-hmm. yeah that piece of it yeah and where i like to go in a coaching conversation around this is if you're if you're asking this question mm. my response is i don't think there's one right answer out there for everybody mm-hmm. i think i'm curious what matters to you mm-hmm. does it matter to you to enjoy your work right does it do you not care that much? Are you in a season of life where like you're working three different jobs? Season of life. Just to make yeah. enough to provide mm-hmm. or to yeah. get to a next step. Yeah. Um, or you know, like there can be seasons of life where it matters or doesn't. Yeah. I, I think that our culture can just it's always going to extremes. And so we yeah. take this to an extreme where we make work our identity. And so it's like all or nothing. Well, I gotta enjoy my job and it has to be passionate all the time about it. Or, or it's wrong. To me, that's like way off. Mm-hmm. I actually think, um, yes, work should be meaningful. Yes, I think it's worth striving for it to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be perfect? No. But like what matters to you right now? I mean, uh, how Greenhouse was born is I had a season of life where I was like, 
it really matters that I enjoy work because I spend most of my waking hours there mm-hmm. and I want to make a difference and I want to use my skills and strengths mm-hmm. and I'm not right now. So like what would be a path that would do those things? Mm-hmm. And so let me get intentional and, and pursue that. Mm-hmm. It was more of a question of like tapping into my potential, but recognizing that some people might answer that and be like, no, I don't, I don't think that is as important mm-hmm. to me or right now. So, mm-hmm. so what, what matters to you, I guess, is my question mm. to somebody Googling, mm. <laughs> uh, should work be enjoyable? Because part of the problem is in comparison, we look out there to like, what are people saying on Instagram? And right. if uh, if we see all of these people saying that like, that's the number one priority in life, that you enjoy your work, and we start mm. to get thrown off or depressed because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't. So yeah. now my life's bad. Or maybe I thought I did, but now that you're you're making me think about it. I don't anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's so much a mindset sometimes, you know, yeah. I remember I might've mentioned this on another podcast. So I apologize, but it just stood out to be so much because we look up to people like, you know, someone like Reese Witherspoon and she just yeah. to the world, she has the most amazing job in the world. Mm-hmm. And she started her own company and like mm-hmm. she was interviewed by Adam Grant. And she's still like, it's still work. And there's days I don't want to show up. Mm-hmm. There's sure. days. It's just like, I, I'm not in, I don't want to go in today. She still does. It's still work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have, think that perspective is important too. Yeah. Well, uh, I think one of my other questions is not only where, where is that tension or question coming from for you, but to your point, Sandy, if most people asking the question do want to enjoy their work yeah. then what's keeping you from, from going for it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm curious I think as coaches, we get genuinely curious because there's a thousand different answers to that. And I love hearing where someone's at. Like, Mm. what is keeping you from it? For some people, it's fear of the unknown. Yeah. For some people, it's like, but this is known and safe and it's scary to change. For Mm -hmm. some people, it's like, I'm just too busy. I don't even know where to start and how to do it. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people at Greenhouse, it's I don't actually know what I want to do. Help me figure that out. So, um that like what's keeping you going for from going for it mm-hmm. shout out to john ramstead sunday you're doing um a class with him right now mm-hmm. a coaching class and he always had a i thought a cool way of phrasing it and he would say um when he first like his first conversation with someone in coaching was always okay what is like your ideal you know um genie in a bottle like what's the goal and the very next question you would almost always ask was what is um, holding you back, getting in your way, or, ah, shoot, I'm me- messing up the wording. He had a very specific wording. Three, like, three phrases? Three phrases. What is getting in your way, holding you back, or keeping you from doing that? Mm-hmm. And I loved, it was very intentional by him. Mm-hmm. He said, because I'm not asking them, like, well, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> I know that sounds a little harsh for yeah. me, too. It's not... Uh, as coaching is, it's not judgmental. He's not saying, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. He's saying there's probably realistic things in your life mm-hmm. holding you back from going a direction you want to go. So let's explore that. Like, what what are those things? Mm-hmm. And if we can step back and name them, then maybe we can start to intentionally work on them. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of my curiosity about it. Um, whether you just don't know what you'd enjoy or maybe the pain of making a change is kind of bigger than the pain of staying mm-hmm. in the stuck place. And so you're just like, yeah. the change feels big. Mm. But I'm yeah, curious I was recently what you think. coaching someone who said that their 
reason for not stepping into that place is because uh, they're afraid it won't be again the right choice. Mm. So perfection, looking for the perfect oh, and I, next maybe choice. What if I don't get it right. Yeah. What, what if, if I miss again, my calling yeah, or something? Uh, and I'm like, that's so interesting. And I was like, you know, what a job is not forever. Mm-hmm. It can be, but if you made the next wrong choice. It's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. That statement in and of itself just freed this person. She was like, okay, yeah. worst case, you're right. If I if I don't like it, what, I learn, what do I learn from it? Period. That's yeah. it. Or like, I mean, you say this all the time on the podcast. Sometimes it's just shifts within your current job. Yeah. I've been mm. coaching somebody in our community who is um, long-term, has some dreams about starting a business and is starting to make plans. And I think that is the right move and it's awesome. For this person. But right now, life mm. circumstances and all kinds of things, that would be a bad move to make right now. Mm. Yeah. So what what he's decided and what we've been working on is like right now, um, just try to find a different role within the same company. Yeah. Mm. I mean, for right so now, often yeah. that's totally doable. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like there are some opportunities that are just going to like kind of reduce the stress level a bit create some space. Mm-hmm. He needs a little more balance with family life and other things and health. And it's like, yeah, okay. Maybe it's um not this huge shift, even though like in long term, he does want to make a bigger change. Mm. One other point I wanted to make on this, like, does it matter if your career is enjoyable? Um, for me personally, like this is actually a very a spiritual question to me too. Mm-hmm. And For some people, it may be or may not be. Mm. And so that is um, a whole other like path to go down that's interesting to me. But what I would say is I think that what I've seen in our work at Greenhouse is that when people enjoy their work more, they actually help others and help the world more. Because Mm -hmm. naturally, like when you're doing what you're good at and what you enjoy, you naturally like uh, make a, a greater positive impact. So I think that to me, that's like a reason why it does matter. Mm. Why even someone like your sister, it's cool to me that she maybe doesn't have her like dream job, Mm -hmm. but she finds ways to make it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. She probably has more positive impact on people because of that. Um, And so to me, that's that's maybe one of the like deeper facets of it Mm. that I think about Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. I think we naturally do better work and help more people when we're doing kind of more what we're wired to do. Mm. And I think that's important. All right. Should we talk a little bit about a practical step? Yes. <laughs> Please. We should. <laughs> we should. Um, all right. So I, I think I mentioned this before. It's not a question of should work be enjoyable, but more about what do you want? Like, what do you want for you? And, um, what we're always helping people do is like shift out of reactive mode and Mm -hmm. everything is like shaping me to kind of getting intentional in this space and saying, all right, um, what can I do about it? Mm -hmm. And so um, the practical step I want to give is so simple that it's almost like, it's almost too small. It's what did you play as a kid? Mm -hmm. And we actually have a download in the show notes that, that guides you through it because sometimes it's hard to do on your own. But I just want you to spend like five minutes. That's all I'm talking about. Thinking about what did you play as a kid? Um, Because there's so many good clues in that. And that is actually the first step of the career sweet spot process. 
So mm. when people go through that with us, like that's the first step is what did you play as a kid and what can we glean from that that actually tells you a lot about what you want to be when you grow up? Mm. Um, and so, uh, well, I'll just kind of stop there because the download guides you through it. But um, it's a real quick kind of fun thought exercise. And almost always, sometimes people object at the beginning and they're like, I don't know, or what is this? And the, almost always people are like pleasantly surprised with what they yeah. think about. I think the important thing to understand about this question too is it's not always the exact Right, it's not a task. literal. Yeah. It's like the motivations sometimes mm-hmm. behind the task or what is it that uh, you were trying to accomplish through the task what joy did it give you because of the, i'm sorry i'm saying task but it was actually something we played as a kid it wasn't that so yeah. i had two different clients who both said monopoly for yeah. completely different reasons oh, i thought that was really interesting one was about the competition it was like i'm gonna win i'm gonna get better at this mm-hmm. than every kid in my neighborhood it was yeah. like so the competitive piece it was actually about monopoly i had another person who said monopoly and they were like it was actually about the budgeting and the money and the finances of yeah. it it was like super exciting to think what can i do what are the possibilities with this money that i'm given mm-hmm. totally two yes. different motivations for the same game oh i love it oh that's a really good example break, i was watching my daughter and her cousins are sitting on the floor playing life Mm-hmm. Oh, funny. Which God, is so play. similar to Monopoly. Yeah, that was a good game. And of course, you know, I have to sit there and like try to psychoanalyze it. I was like, you could tell the motivations were different. Yeah. They were all so into it, but for totally different reasons. Right. reasons. And um, but yeah, it's a great call out because this exercise is like so the first baby step. Yeah. All it is is remembering things you enjoyed and played. Yeah. When when you had free time, what did you gravitate towards? When you just could play whatever you wanted, what did you just naturally do? Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the end of the exercise. You don't go any further. You don't yeah, try don't to make, psychoanalyze yourself. Yeah, you don't yeah. try to make conclusions from it at all. You just get that notice because in the career sweet spot process, it's like the the problem with this stuff, personality tests or whatever. It's all hypothetical. It's like where, Jacqueline, where do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't know. What are you good at? What are your strengths and passions? You're like, I don't know. And it's all hypothetical and it's like somehow expecting you to come up with something out of nothing. Whereas our process goes back to like factual things that actually happen mm-hmm. in your life yeah. so much easier. So you kind of go back and you say, what did I play as a kid? Mm-hmm. And just remember some of those memories. And then like it's so much easier afterward yeah. to pull mm-hmm. out the insights. Yeah. So I, you know, I love when you don't just remember things you played. Like I played basketball a lot you come up with specific stories and memories. Mm-hmm. That one time I was playing with my neighbor yeah, and he kept dunking His on stories. me and yeah. it was like getting me all worked up, you know, like mm-hmm. tell me a story mm-hmm. um, because that's where the good stuff comes from. So bottom line on this episode is just that like, if you're asking the question, should work be enjoyable? Why, where's that question coming from? Mm-hmm. And you do you, like if it matters to you, then take a step to figure it out and you can do the download we have here to get started um, instead of just waiting and wondering forever and being stuck in the frustration (laughs) loop. And if it doesn't matter to you right now, Hey, permission to let it go. Mm -hmm. But you're probably not listening this far in the episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you're, yeah. If your answer to the question was no immediately, you you probably didn't even get this far. You're right. (laughs) You're like next. (laughs) But yeah, in the show notes, you can get the download, what you played as a kid. It kind of walks you through. It's like a five-minute exercise. Or if you're rearing to go, you can jump in. We have the Career Sweet Spot course or a Career Sweet Spot 
coaching session to kind of get started in the process uh, at greenhousecoaching.co. Mm-hmm.